my name is Brandon First, aka First Report, representing the ESBC Podcast Network. It is Thursday, August 20th, 2020, and it is time for our weekly horse racing uh, preview show for the weekend's uh, stakes races ahead. It is call to post myself, Brandon First, and my esteemed colleague and co-host, Mr. Raider Jim. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well, Brandon. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm great. We were talking about it, you know, before the podcast started, how this is pretty much um, Del Mar's Kentucky Derby week, if you will. We got a ton of stakes races, um, beautiful weather. Uh, it's It's been great. Obviously, we're not going to be able to be there, but uh, a lot of big time horses going through. Uh, a lot of horses that are pretty much East Coast horses. They're going to come over, see what they can do in a couple of these races. I'm excited to get into those. And obviously, we have the Pacific um, Classic this weekend that's going to be, I think, really, obviously, there's tons of subplot. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's going to be a really good race between two or three really good horses. And who knows? Maybe an upset. But as we usually do here on this show, first, we will recap uh, last weekend's Breeders' Cup stakes races. Uh, there were a couple going on. Um, and then, of course, we'll dive into, before we get into Del Mar for the weekend, we will dive into the jockey trainer standings and then, of course, right into the huge weekend. So, Raider Jim, how did this weekend go? Um, I know um, it was the Alabama and then there was a Breeders' Cup race out in France. Or Breeders yeah, Cup North America France. had one, one Breeders' Cup challenge race this week in, on North America soil, and that was out uh Saratoga, it was the Alabama Stakes, a grade one, one and a quarter mile. No surprises. The heavy favorite all week long was a horse called Swiss Skydiver. Ran with the pack to be polite down the back stretch, pulled halfway ahead into the second turn, and that was it. Shifted into his go-home gear, ran down the stretch, finished three and a half lengths ahead of everybody else. So he is in for the $2 million Longines Distaff race in November. And then over in France, it was Great Britain's Palace Pier uh, won the Breeders' Cup Challenge race over there. We'll be competing in the TVG Mile in November. That was a, a great, great, great race. There was a lot of international flavor on that one. France had a horse, uh, Raging Bull, Circus Maximus from Ireland. A couple familiar names that have run here recently in North America, Jolie Olympica and Bo Recall were also in the field. But... Uh, it was just, Palace Pier was just too much for everybody. So those were the two Breeders' Cup races this past weekend. And of course, coming up, we've got the big ones, and that's going to be Del Mar's. This is the diamond in their racing season because they actually have two Breeders' Cup Challenge races on one day, and that will be Saturday the 22nd, which we will be getting into in just a couple of minutes. Yeah, and it was... Very, very interesting you brought up Jolie Olympica because I actually remember, you know, doing some handicapping early in the week and then uh, for a stakes race, obviously that horse ended up uh, scratching, which I know through the tote board, just crazy. Uh, that was obvious that it was um, to ship to France, apparently, because um, uh, right. that, that's, that's a healthy trip right there for a horse uh, that, that's a, you know, it's hard enough going coast to coast, let alone over an ocean um, into different uh, time zones and stuff like that. Uh, how about heading into week five, I think we're at. I know we lost a week, so I'm a little backwards. But um, how are the jockey trainer standings looking heading into Del Mar's uh, weekend? 
No real changes in the standings from the beginning of the month even. Right now, you've got Umberto Rospoli. He is the number one jockey, and that's because he has 28 wins. He's got 111 rides, 28 wins. He's brought home $1.2 million. But the number two jockey based on wins is Slevian Pratt. He's actually ridden 117 entries, 27 wins. He's got a 61% in the money ratio right now, and he has brought home $1.6 million in excess of. And then in fourth place, Abel Sadio, one of the favorites of mine, and he has brought home $1.2 million. The number three jockey, by virtue of victories, is Juan Hernandez with 20 wins, and he has brought home just uh, under $900,000. So we had a good, good, good crew of jockeys, uh, all-star cast, really. Mike Smith has dropped out of the top 10, but that doesn't mean anything because he's Mike Smith. Uh, you've seen Drayton Van Dyke move up a little bit. Uh, Edgar Maldonado went down to ninth, and that's really the only big changes. Tiago Pereira continues to stay right in the middle of the pack. He's brought in $443,000. So jockeys are pretty status quo as they have been since the beginning of the month. They kind of move up and down depending on if they have that one win, one more win on a weekend than the other guy. Trainers, Peter Miller is at the top of the stack, 64 entries, 47% of his horses are in the money with 13 wins, 14 plays, three shows. His horses have brought home earnings of $679,000. Then the second place, He's really moved up as far as in the money percentage, and that's 57% for Phil D'Amato, one of my favorites. 51 entries, 11 wins, 11 places, 7 shows. That's real consistent. When you look at that number of 57%, that is strong. But then when you look at how it's distributed, 11 wins, 11 places, 7 shows. He's brought in over a half million dollars in earnings. That is to say something for the way he works with his horses. Number three, He's got almost half or just a little bit more than half of the entries of everybody else, but his name is Bob Baffert. So you know Baffert's going to be in the running for any time there's a, a trainer standing. Out of his 32 entries, he's got 25% in the winning column with eight victories. 66% of his horses have finished in the money, over $600,000. Then you have Doug O'Neill, Richard Baltus, Mike Glatt, and three guys under them. So really, it's no surprise that when you look at the top trainers, you see Miller, D'Amato, Baffert, O'Neill, Baltus, and Glatt. Uh, again, another all-star lineup, and it's a, every week it's going to be said by one of us or both of us, Del Mar is a showcase. It's the West Coast diamond of racing. So this is one of the reasons why. Look at the caliber of trainers and jockeys you have and the horses. Agreed. And I mean, especially I think a big reason why it is such a huge so showcase in the summer and on the West Coast is be really because of this Saturday, uh, really this weekend. It is, like I said, like we said, the, uh, the diamond, uh, the jewel in the cap. Obviously, a ton of money is going to be uh, passed out this weekend in purses. And mainly for us now, you know, if you're a horse owner, you're a trainer, you're in that great, you know, the purses. But for us it's to go out, you know, make the right plays on these picks, make that money. But also, look, we're all horse fans. We're all um, fans of the sport, first and foremost. And the fact that really, outside of when the Breeders' Cup um, does what is going to probably be their four-year rotation with Del Mar, this is the best weekend of horses 
you're going to see in the stable. Right. Um, even the even the optional claimings and the and the maiden races this weekend are going to be just a little, just not just a little bit higher, because it's that weekend. You know, you look at the Kentucky Derby. Every race on the Kentucky Derby card might not be a stakes race, but everybody wants to be on that card and everybody wants to win on that card, whether uh, you know you're a part of it or not. So, really incredible weekend. And with that being said, uh, let's dive right into it. With starting on Friday, we'll go chronological. Um, with the one stakes race on Friday, it will be race number nine. It is a uh, grade three going six and a half furlongs on the dirt. Uh, the Rancho Bernardo for three-year-old fillies and up. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Raider Jim? Yeah, this one snuck up on me because I didn't realize that was being run this Friday, but I did some quick research. And the favorite, the, the early morning line favorite right now is the number five horse sneaking out, Umberto Rispoli. Uh, the trainer, Hollendorfer, that's going to be probably the favorite that's going to pay off. I don't think anybody in that field is going to be able to keep up with it. It's an interesting horse. Went off at 7-1 to one on July 4th up at Los Alamitos and beat a horse named Bellafina. Now, Bellafina, if that sounds familiar to you, Bellafina actually ran in a grade one race out at Saratoga and was beaten by, beat the, fav or was beaten by the favorite, uh, the Serengeti Empress. Now, Serengeti Empress is one beast of a horse. Ran a wire-to-wire -wire victory, but um, excuse me. But Bellafina kept up. Yet when Bellafina went back to or was at Los Alamitos, sneaking out was able to get outside run down the stretch and was able to win fairly comfortably. It was a good race, a solid race, but sne sneaking out came up and was the victor. Now, the other interesting thing about this card, if you look at the entries in this, there are eight horses. And of those eight horses, when sneaking out one at Los Alamitos on July 4th, ran against Amuse, ran against Artistic Diva. And if you look on the card right there, you're going to see that Artistic Diva is the number four horse, Amuse is the number six horse, Sneaking Out is the number five horse. And one reason I bring that up is Brandon brought up within the last few weeks, do you get situations where a horse ends up becoming a favorite because they're that familiar with the field? Kind of like Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt ran against the same guys every week for how many weeks out of every track season. So they knew each other, they went out for drinks or dinner, you know, smoothies before and smoothies after. But my point is they all know each other. It doesn't make them compete less, but I believe there is an edge when the jockey knows and Rispoli knows who he's up against and he knows what his horse can do. Sneaking out also had some very, very good, uh, had, had e-speed rating of 107 on that July 4th race, and that is a pretty good clip for horses of this caliber. So again, uh, it was a grade two at Los Al. I don't think this horse is going to have any problems in this race. Look for second place. Uh, Gingham, Baffert's horse is of course going to be in the mix and he happened to draw Mike Smith to ride Gingham for him. So right now Gingham's at a six to one, but will definitely be competing. Mucho Amor, that's another horse. And then uh, the other one I like that I think is going to come in and definitely finish in the money is going to be the number six horse Amuse with Drayton Van Dyke. Yeah, I agree. I actually now, yes, I completely agree with sneaking out or sneaking around. Um, 
that horse is by far the best. Um, unfortunately, you know, when you see a money line, or I always say that, uh, when you see a morning line at eight to five, a day or two out, it's probably going to drop um, in terms of, you know, closer to even money, maybe even three to five, something like that. So I do look for two other horses. And Amuse was definitely one that popped up uh, straight in there. Um, I do worry a bit in terms of um, the last time out, uh, it was an optional claim. Had Mike Smith on board, you know, lost out by eight lengths in an optional claiming. Um, but yeah, like I said, sneaking out, definitely the top. And I really, really do like uh, the one horse I think it is. Yeah, Gingham. In terms of, especially with the uh, morning line, it's six to one. Bob Baffert, Mike Smith. Um, it's almost like just, like I said, you could put a mule out there and Bob, Bob Baffert and Mike Smith combo will just get it 10 to one odds just because. Um, so I do expect a money run there. I, I was very interested or surprised, and I feel like I brought it up maybe about a couple weeks ago because I haven't seen him in a little while. But going back to sneaking out, now Jerry Hollendorfer, it's only been six runs at Del Mar, which is low, right. I would think. Now, I could be wrong. Jerry Hollendorfer could just be maybe an East Coast guy that maybe in my head I'm thinking he comes out West. But only six runs in Del Mar seems like um, a low number and no winners yet. Now I know small sample size, but uh, it's, it's little interesting to me. I don't think it's enough to, Oh, can't bet on this guy because of that. But that was one thing going no, on. Absolutely not. My eye. Right. Right. And then there is one other horse in the field that uh, if you want to say, what's my long shot. And we say it's going to be amused, even though at five to one, that's just like very, very moderate odds. If you want to look for one that probably has a stronger chance, a slightly stronger chance, and you want to play your money a little safer, it's going to be the number eight horse unique factor. Peter Miller, the trainer, who is actually, again, top of the leaderboard right now for trainers, and the number one jockey. Well, he's number two in the standing, but number two in earn, and number one in earnings, and that's Flavian Pratt. So if you think eight's not going to be pushing, on a $100,000 stakes race like this, you're wrong. That horse is definitely going to be making a run for it. And yeah, we got the, you know, Flavian Pratt, Peter Miller combo that have obviously, you know, they're at the top of their respective leaderboards. This can be a really interesting race, um, especially, you know, can anyone or any of these horses really challenge or, or, or force sneaking out? out? And, and it seems like at Del Mar... The stakes races, it, it's, I kind of wrote about it. It goes one or the other. We either see the, you know, the heavy favorite win or, you know, maybe Mother of Dragons type 12, 15, 20 to 1 comes in. So we'll see how that goes. Right. I'm really excited about this race, especially considering I think there's going to be value outside. And remember, this is horse racing. So, you know, we think right now that, you know, the, the sneaking out or sneaking around is the best horse. Now might come off at three to five. It might be better to go find a horse to finish second or third, make a little money that way. That's what I absolutely love about horse racing is different ways to play it. Um, but moving on to Saturday, the real well, one more. Let me yes, sir. one more thing on one more thing on the horse five, the the sneaking out horse. When he won the race on July fourth up at Los Alamitos and was kind of the upset horse that day, he ran from the four position. So I think that they're probably smiling that they got the five position because Rispoli brought him outside, kept him outside just a little bit, and then brought him back in as they came around 
the far turn and got into the home stretch. So they like this position, which is also favorable. Well, and that's key. Any, any trainer, jockey, or, you know, there, there are horses that just get scratched because they don't like their post position. So that post position. As Backer did important. with McKenzie. Yeah. That's correct. All right. Uh, we have the first stakes race on Saturday will be race number three. It is uh, the grade three green flash handicap for uh, three-year-olds and upwards. It's going five furlongs on the turf. So really a sprint race on the turf. This is an interesting, just going through for me, um, I, it's hard to get away from chaos theory. I think he's the four horse. The, the numbers um, pretty much all lead there. We have uh, the jockey situation um, of Rispoli and John Sadler, great, uh, a trainer who um, probably, you know, has been, you know, wants to get going. I mean, six, uh, 16% win percentage, probably a little bit lower than he wants. But I go, I look at the actual, I think it's the seven horse, Mike's Tis now. Um, this is going to be a horse that I believe has to be on the lead heading into the turn, which isn't ideal for a horse that's going to start on the outer. I think it's the furthest post. Yeah, it looks like the furthest post um, from the edge. Uh, that might be a little worrisome to me, but I, I think chaos theory, a lot of money is going to go to him. Um, it's going to be a short number. Um, and chaos theory, while I love the numbers and everything, I, I do get a little worried that um, a lot of the races have been on the East Coast, not the end of the world, but um, just a little different. A lot of Keenlands, a lot of Churchill Downs, um, which is still top-notch tracks, but not the West Coast, a little different air, a little different uh, vibe going on. Um, but those are just the two horses that kind of jumped out at me. Uh, interested to see what, you, uh, what your thoughts are on the um, Green Flash, grade three. Number one horse, Sparkyville with Mike Smith aboard. There's a reason. Anytime I see Mike Smith, you know, maybe it's all made up in my head. But there's a reason Mike Smith gets on the back of a horse. There's a reason he's asked to ride a horse. And they're already starting, you know, the morning line here is, is five to two right now. That's going to probably come down. Uh, don't be surprised if that goes down to a three to two, something of that nature. So I like Sparkyville. Now, on my show ticket, if I was just going to say, you know what, just to round out things, I want a nice show ticket. I want a good shot on a show ticket. I would ask everybody to keep your eye on the number two horse which right now is at 12 to one, Irish heat wave. But Abel Cedillo is riding that horse and he's one of the best jockeys out there right now. And the trainer is Doug O'Neill. At 12 to one right now, by the time we get to race time on Saturday, that horse, if it has not cut in half and gone to at least six to one, I will be surprised. And if it does, if you see a drop even eight to one from 12 to one, you wanna put a show ticket on that horse. What are your thoughts on that? I love that. And just going back to the one horse, uh, Sparky, uh, Sparkyville, I, I was going through and, and three races ago, um, Santa Anita ran in the grade three Daytona. It came off as a 70 to one shot and got beaten by a nose. Um, now, obviously, since then has, uh, you know, kind of worked its way up. But the last ride, it finally got Mike Smith's attention. Mike Smith took the mount. Wrote it home in an optional claim, 100000 That's That's a high number for an optional claiming race. Um, and it was four to one. So I think the love is starting to go 
there, uh, especially a huge vote of confidence, not only one to get Mike Smith on it, but to then keep Mike Smith. Cause we kind of talked about it every single right. race. Mike Smith is the first call for pretty much all of these guys um, is, Hey, you know, what about that race? Do you have, you are, do you already have a mount? So Mike Smith, you can kind of tell when you have horses and I've said this before, you have horses that have had the same jockey, but all of a sudden they come together. Well, whatever jockey pit or whatever horse the jockey picks, it's probably a good op or good good uh, point out that hey, this is a better horse uh, than the others because look, jockeys aren't hourly folks; they're they're in it for the purse, so they want to be on the best chance right. to win. And uh, so I think that's interesting to kind of just dig in, you know, uh, read between the lines to see not only that Mike Smith took a mount um, in an optional claiming that's kind of another thing too, but also to stick with it. Obviously they've rode that all the way into this uh, grade three. And I like what you said about Irish heat wave, mainly because it is Doug O'Neill and Abel Sadijo. You do not normally see morning lines with those two um, kind of going back to what right. I said with uh, Mike Smith and Bob Baffert. That's just big odds for that jockey trainer combo. Um, that's really interesting to keep an eye on. And um, I, I, I really think that, this is a vulnerable favorite. And what are the, I actually haven't seen the morning line odds on chaos theory. Let me see. Oh, seven to two. So it looks like, yes, Sparkyville and chaos theory are probably going to go one, two in terms of um, the favorite. But for me, I think chaos theory is a bit of a vulnerable favorite, but the power numbers are, um, they're kind of scary. I mean, he's, he put up, at least on um, Twin Spires, put up nearly 160 power number. The next closest is Mike Tisnow with 146. So a lot of pure power right. with Chaos Theory. But look, this is one race. We're not talking about, you know, best of seven or anything. It's one race. It's five furlongs. Anything can happen in that time. Um, I, I really do like what you said about Sparkyville and Irish Heatwave. That's a great value in terms of keeping an eye on that, um, depending on what happens with the two favorites could be a real a uh, whole lot of value right. there remember and as we say we have said since the beginning picking the winning horse means you picked a horse that's going to pay you for your bet so a show ticket that lets you go back to the window and collect more than you put on the table that's a winning ticket so look always keep it in your mind that what you're looking for is you want your horse and your bet to finish in the money Amen. And that's, like I said, kind of earlier, that's kind of the beauty of horse racing in terms of, hey, um, there are so many different ways to play. I mean, you can go, you can go to the track with 10 dimes and put down 10, 10 cent superfectas. Now you're probably not going to win, but hey, you get to bet in every single race. So, but moving on. To, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Right. Moving on to another stakes race. Uh, it's race number four. This is going to be the Tory Pines grade three, another $100,000 purse. For Philly three-year-olds, they are going a mile on the dirt. And all the numbers and uh, the bit of the kind of rough handicapping, just kind of glossing over, it seems like it's going to be a two-horse race, apparently, uh, between Secret Keeper and Harvest Moon, the two- and three-horse. Um, that's going to be interesting for me, especially considering both of these horses are moving up in class. You don't see too often that two horses that um, – now this is moving on. Actually, 
I could check the morning line on this. Um, but I do expect those to be the favorites. Let me see what they are at the moment. But yes, the Tory Pines. Yes. Um, so seven to two and two to one for these two horses that um, both moving up in class. So you don't see too many uh, times that morning line favorites are the ones that are moving up in class. I do want a couple others are, uh, is the five horse, uh, Aurelia Garland, um, Rispoli, obviously getting the call or getting the mount. First time going to be on this horse might be a little um, interesting to see how it goes. But if any, if any jockey can kind of hop on and get it done, uh, it would be Rispoli and pr Provocation. Um, nine to two. Provocation. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, once again, Mike Smith and Bob Baffert, nine to two morning line. That's, that's almost like, Hey, you know, you got to just go for it. Um, it. It's only ran twice. Uh, but both times in the money um, has run at Del Mar before uh, was a, a show ticket, but that's a horse for me that I'm going to keep my eye on and watch that morning line. What about your thoughts on the Tory Pines? Yeah, I like the uh, I like the first horse there, or not the first horse, the second horse, the two horse Secret Keeper, and again I'm just going with uh, record track record, and then also the jockey. I do definitely like uh, Provocation. Definitely has my attention, as does Mernay, the number seven horse. Now, Baffert's got the six horse. Baffert's got the seven horse. He's got Victor Espinosa on the seven horse. They're actually at five to one right now. Now you look at lineage. Why would that horse even have a shot? Because he's got a dad named American Pharaoh. I'm big on American Pharaoh. So with those genes in him and at five to one with Espinosa on board and Baffert doing the training, horse to watch, that one could come in and spoil the show for everybody. Hey, yeah, I agree. And those were kind of, you know, the four horses that just jumped straight out um, at me. And, uh, and you know what? I do also like Marinith as well in terms of, now we talked about maybe the bit of the conspiracy theory in terms of Baffert, you know, a horse here, you know, in this situation. I um I don't quite know when you have two horses that are odds or that odds are as close as they are, um and and somewhat yeah. short. I mean, we're not talking about a two to one favorite and a twenty to one uh, uh long shot here. So oh both no, of these horses no, these are neck equal, and neck. Yeah, they got about equal opportunity to at least finish in the money. Um. It's going to be really interesting to see where the money goes because it's kind of, you know, I think we have six runners in this race and it's three different levels. You got kind of the top two with Harvest Moon and uh, Seeker Keeper. And then we talked about Provocation and Marinith and then the other, well, I guess it's three horses, so seven horses, but three more horses in that kind of lower level as well. It's going to be a very interesting race. Um, I think the, the pace is going to be very important because both Secret Keeper and Harvest Moon, uh, actually all four of those horses we talked about, have early pace. Uh, so which one of those horses, is one horse going to, you know, maybe go a little extra and, and worry themselves all going around two turns just because they're used to always being in front? Uh, sometimes you see these right. mile races where you have horses that need to be in the front. Well, if you got four of them, well, that's going to be a problem for somebody because someone's putting up way too much energy. Uh, heading into that first turn. Moving on to, I believe the next one will be race number seven. And that is That's it. the um, Del Mar Handicap. It's going to be a grade two um, race number seven. We be, will be going 
where'd it go? Uh, a mile and three eighths on the turf. Um, this is for uh, three-year-olds and up. A purse of 200000 So as we say, we're getting a little bit later in the day. The purses are starting to go up. Um, obviously, the Del Mar Handicap, if you have the name of the track in the, in the stakes race, you know it's going to be um, real. What are your thoughts here? I'll let you start off um, our thoughts on the race number seven, the Del Mar Handicap, grade two. I think, yeah, United started out and still is and will be the favorite going into uh, once they load them into the gate. Three for three so far this year has never been anything higher than a seven to five uh, when he went into and finished a race. So I don't think we're going to see anything different here. He's going to have, uh, forget if, if it's Pratt on board. It is Pratt. Yeah. So I, I really, I don't see any, any horse in the field that is going to put on a challenge. Uh, Proud Pedro would be another horse that I would put on my ticket. Prab Pedro won an allowance optional uh, back on the 24th. He ran against North County guy who was also in this field. And Prab Pedro was, I think, nine and a half to one or nine to one, something like that, when he pulled the upset in that race. So watch for Prab Pedro to duplicate that effort. Now, the, the horse, I would call it the long shot bet of the day, but I would also tell you it's a horse that I, I think is going to make some noise and that is a horse called Red King. Red King is the number seven horse trained by Phil D'Amato, Philip D'Amato, and ridden by Umberto Rispoli. And even though starting morning line is uh, eight to one, watch for that to move just slightly, maybe not a whole bunch, maybe get down to a five to one, but this horse is going to challenge. Watch for Red King to fill out your ticket. I like that. And just going back to United, you know, all these horse sites and all that, they have your best bet of the day, blah, blah, blah. I think this is my best bet of the day. I think it's uh, as much of a slam dunk in horse racing as you can get. And I think one of the biggest reasons why just going through the past performances, um, every, every year or every week we start the show talking about one thing. And it's the Breeders' Cup. Um, this horse, going back to last year's Breeders' Cup turf, which is obviously a grade one, uh, lost out as a 50 to one shot, 51 to one shot, lost out by a head. Since then has been nothing but grade twos and has uh, three wins and a place. This is a horse and that place was by a neck, by the way. Um, so this is a horse that the last five times out has not only been in the top um, with the top class, but has also been at the top, especially we talk about, like I said, the Breeders' Cup turf going off at 52 to one and not only getting a money run, but a run that, you know, a step here or a, a move there. And we're talking about this horse as the Breeders' Cup uh, turf champion. But there is one horse that I do think we could fill out or that I could also want to throw in that ticket. And it's the, I lost my numbers here, uh, nine horse. Oscar Dominguez, uh, currently six to one. We got uh, Richard Baltus, the trainer, and Drayden Van Dyke, the jockey. There's one real um, big reason why, and I, I, I want everyone to look back last uh, December 1st, 2019. It was at Del Mar. It was in the grade, or I'm sorry, it was in the Bing Crosby, um, Bing Crosby meet, and it was when this horse beat United. Um, it was in a horse. It also beat Warden Jerry. Uh, now, yeah, beat him by a neck. Uh, came off at 11 to 1. But, you know, that we just talked about how pretty much bulletproof United is. Well, this is a horse that, at the very least, 
knows how to beat this horse. Now, easier said than done. We, we could all sit here and say, oh, I know how to do something, but are you able to execute it? That's, a, that's another thing. But this horse right. has something no other horse in this field has. A win over United, at least as far as I know. I didn't dive too deep into it, but the one that jumped out to me, like I said, Oscar Dominguez at 6-1. to one. I do expect it to move a little bit. And one last thing on this horse. You want to talk about a veteran horse. Uh, it's had 40 runs. Ten of them have been at Del Mar. And while only one win, they do have five. Uh, this horse has been in the money five times at Del Mar. So in the, at 6-1, to 7-1, to 8-1, to one, wherever we kind of end up, um, even a money ticket's going to pay. So Oscar Dominguez is also a horse to think about. Do you know who was riding Oscar Dominguez back in December? Just curious. Uh, it was uh, Velasquez. It was Velasquez, okay. Yeah, and then it, it went to uh, Joel Rosario, and then Rispoli, Rosario, and then Drayden Van Dyke. So a lot of kind of jumping around, but yeah, it, obviously the best race it ever had was that Velasquez um, run up at, or at Del Mar, I should say. The hot, the whole turf. Uh, the, yeah, I'm not even going to try that. The, the abbreviations are a little tough if you don't know the exact thing. So, But uh, it was very impressive. Right. And if, if you look at – go, go ahead. Oh, you're good. I was going to say, if you really look down the entire card for race seven, it is a tough race to call because you've got Pratt on the favorite. You've got – Maldonado, he's on the long shot at 20 to 1, but you've got Mike Smith on a 10 to 1. But Mike Puip is the trainer and also a very good trainer, if I might add. You also have Umberto Rispoli on an 8 to 1. You've got Van Dyke on a 6 to 1. You've got Cedillo on a 5 to 1. This is going to be a real, this could be a very exciting race as they get into that far turn and start coming back down the, the home stretch. I agree. And I, I hope that, you know, by this time, you know, this will be the third stakes race of the day. We're just going to be kind of looking up and go, oh, the two biggest races of the day still haven't even gone off. And that's pretty much what's going right. on as um, the second to last stakes race of the day will be the nine, uh, the ninth race, uh, the Del Mar Oaks grade one. Obviously the top grade you can go. Uh, it's for Philly, three-year-old Phillies. It's going a mile and 16 on the turf. This is a purse of 250000 um, Really a top five race for Del Mar uh, in terms of prestige. Um, for me, um, we, I, the best part about this is I felt like I've seen most of these horses. I feel like I'm going through a second time kind of handicapping these horses. Um, obviously, Carpe Venum. Now, I don't expect anything to happen there. But I do like Warren Showtime. I don't have numbers here. That looks like the four horse um, with uh, Mike Smith. Hey, what do you know? Kind of a, a theme of the show, right? Mike Smith in a stakes race. It's worth your, uh, worth your time to look at that as I pull up the lines. Actually, why don't I get myself a little more prepared? Raider Jim, what are your thoughts on this race while I, be, while I pull up these lines? I think you have to give uh, give the nod to number 10, Laura's Light being ridden. That's a Peter Miller horse being ridden by Abel Sedil. Uh, July or in back in May won a grade three race up at Santa Anita the honeymoon stakes and then on July 25th won the San Clemente stakes which is a grade two race now going to run in a grade one race in back in May or back in June I should say had equal base speed of 105 
July ran an equal base speed of 111. So this horse is progressively getting better. And just look for that horse. It's the number 10 horse, again, ridden by Abel Sedillo. Already at three to one, that's going to move down. Could be even money. Could be four to five by the time the bell rings. And then you also want to look at, there's a horse out there that has run before at Del Mar. Disappointed a little bit. Still starting the morning line with Mike Smith on board at six to one. And that's Warren's Showtime. But Warren Showtime is a good competitor. He's one of those journeyman horses that's going to get out there and give you a good run every time. Did pretty good at San Clemente. Uh, but again, the there's a jockey change with Mike Smith getting the ride this time. That makes a difference. Mike Smith gets the most out of a horse. So look for Warren's Showtime. I don't possibly finish in the money on this one. And then you also want to look at Miss Extra. And that's the Miss Extra, France, a French horse. Right now, four and a half to one, Umberto Rispoli, Richard Mandola horse. That's going to be a competitor, too. It's really kind of a, um, it's almost Laura's light race to lose at this point. California Cook could also turn in the money. That's another Peter Miller horse. California Cook is the number two horse right now at 15 to one. Keep an eye on that line because it's not going to finish at 15 to one. I would tell you it's going to go down to possibly eight, maybe even as far down as six. And there's your place or show tickets to consider. Yeah, I agree. It's Laura's light, um, especially considering how, um, you know, going through the handicapping and pretty much, I would say, right behind uh, the last race, um, whatever, United, um, this is probably the second best bet of the day. But um, I, I do look at, of course, we talked about Warren Showtime. I am interested to see how these, the Miss Extra and, um, uh, Nige Blanche, I'm sure I absolutely uh, killed that. But both of these horses are making their North American debut. Um, so it will be, you know, hey, a grade one North American debut. They've been successful um, overseas. But it's going to be very interesting to see horses like that debut at such a high level. It's kind of like um, the, a, a basketball team now, maybe not so much now, but back when maybe the international players weren't so prevalent, you know, wow, they, they draft this guy, Dirk, no, no, and of course, no one knew how to. Um, wow, they draft him out of Germany. No one knows, but of course, the insiders do. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see how those horses fare. Um, and uh, yeah, anytime you can get Mike Smith on, what are we at, like six to one right now? Um, uh, that is something I am going to be, yeah, six to one, I'm going to be all about. So moving on right. to... The big one, not just of the day, but really of the season. It is the TVG Pacific Classic Grade 1 guaranteed $500,000 going to the winner. Um, this is the, the, the big one, the, the Super Bowl, the best horse, um, the biggest payout, I should say, will be in this race. And it's a perfect tie-in to what we've um, been talking about the last couple well, – I shouldn't say we, uh, what Raider Jim has been talking about. As we look at, once again, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but maximum security. This is a horse that's number three in the Kentucky Derby standings. The going to be the heavy favorite in this race. It's a Bob Baffert horse ridden by Adel, uh, Abel Sadijo. Definitely one of the um, contenders. I don't want to say favorites because I don't think anybody's a favorite in the Derby except for um, Tis the Law, but a contender for the Derby a little bit later on in the year. What are your thoughts on the TBG Pacific Classic? 
This is a very interesting race. It's a short field, and for a $500,000 race, the TVG Classic and a chance to get to the Breeders' Cup. I'm surprised that it's six horses. It's nice, but if you really look at the histories of the five competitors that are going to be out there with maximum security, it might make you scratch your head a little because, again, I used the phrase in one of the previous races, this is maximum security's race to lose. And it's really unfortunate because maximum security is a beautiful animal, a star among stars. But unfortunately, by virtue of handlers, trainers, and history, comes with well, kind of a bad a, rap. Not to interrupt you, but oh, uh, when I see corruption, my mind gets clear all of a sudden. Uh, is maximum security a spiked horse? Well, and that and that's where I'm, I'm back. That, that horse has had eleven starts. Out of the eleven starts, it has finished in the money ten times. The only race that is not on the books as in the money is the DQ. When he lost, he was disqualified out of the Kentucky Derby, which he technically won. But then they said it was due to the jockey and therefore because of the excessive bumping or the unnecessary bumping. And two people went to the stewards and said, hey, man, that wasn't right. You got to look at it. And another horse's handler said, you got to look at it. And 20, 22 minutes later, it was a done deal. And not only was he bumped down, he was bumped out, DQ'd completely. Other than that, he had a place and he has nine wins under his belt, including he won back in December. And then he came out at, to start the year, his first race back on February 29th, ran the inaugural Saudi Cup, $10 million guaranteed to the winner. 14 horses in the field. Bell goes, flag goes up, horses go, maximum security. If you have not watched the race, go watch that race because they were coming down the, the stretch. They came around the corner. There's 400 meters left to go or something like that. And, and it was, he was really fighting to get position for second. And all of a sudden, it was like they had an extra gear downshifted and off they went and they just blew past with like 200 meters to go, something like that. And finished easily winning the race. Now, on the surface, you look at that and go, wow, that horse is phenomenal. It was shortly thereafter that the trainer for maximum security at the time, John, I think it was John Jervis is the name and forgive me because Service. I think I believe that's the correct name. Uh, he's now under investigation indictments pending for a lot of doping, including uh, they are claiming possibly maximum security, but not necessarily associated with that Saudi cup race. However, the 10 horses that were supposed to collect part of the purse money because it was a $20 million purse places two through 10 have been paid out. There's only one horse that hasn't been paid out and that is maximum security. They are holding that $10 million and the jockey club over there, they are conducting their own investigation, which is being held up because 
they cannot get a hold of any of the investigation papers that are being generated over here in the United States. So if you go to Equibase and you look up the history of maximum security, it will register, it will show you that it registers the nine victories, the one place, nothing on the DQ, but it still shows that it has winnings in excess of $10 million. It's really a shame that that kind of stigma and that kind of tag gets placed to such a, a fine, fine athlete of an animal. But then you look at this race, after that, that horse went from running grade one to grade two, and now all of a sudden is going up to grade one again. And, and the other thing, if you want to look at, and it could make you scratch your head, if you go back to June of 2019, Equibase speed rating of 107. In July, 109. October, 111. December, 123. Now, because of the inquiry that's taking place and the investigation, you, they don't have a speed rating for the February 29th race, the Saudi Cup. But when he ran the G2 San Diego handicap at Del Mar, he went from 123 in December, his speed rating was back down to 107. So there, there's just a lot of data there that does make you scratch your head and, and wonder what's going on. And if you look again at the history of the horses that are uh, going to be on the track with maximum security, I'm certainly not selling anybody short. Um, but you wonder if, if those were truly, are those the highest caliber they can get for this race? I, I don't know. Um, it's just a thought in my head. Yeah, you know, for, I'm, not a, I'm not a scientist, right? I don't, I don't know anything about this. But if you spike a horse, right? No horse has extra muscle. As long as that horse is eat, uh, eating adequate enough protein, that muscle will stay there. So unfortunately, uh, with the problems that maximum security has had, it's going to have an asterisk. It's going to have a stigma attached to the maximum security right. name and the pedigree. A lot of money right. been lost on that horse. A lot of money's been won. Very interesting horse, right? Both sides. Three dimensional. Won a lot, lost a lot. Kind of like my life. Right. And then it makes you yeah, and, and you can't help but question then all the you know, all the money that has been made off of this horse. Right. Um and, and then of course And it's worth it. You can't I, help. Let me ask you both you guys a question, right? If they told you you're gonna spike a horse. I know you guys wouldn't do it, right? But let's say 90% of people, they said, you're going to spike a horse and you're going to make $10 million and you're going to spend six months probation and six months in jail. Would you do it? Probation? Oh, no, yeah, and I can't do that. <laughs> can't do that. I wouldn't do it, but I guarantee you 90% of the U.S. population would. Same people that want to kill off their grandparents, right, for the economy. Same people that would spike a horse for $10 million and then uh, spend six months in jail and six months probation. It's like the lady running a Chinese birther home. She was running a Chinese birther home here in uh, Lake Forest and she made $10 million, paid a million dollar fine and spent 10 months in county jail. How many people would spend 10 months in county jail, right? For $10 million. Yeah, true. Unfortunately, true.
I think that's one of the underlying problems with society and uh, horse racing in particular. But we have fun anyways, right? Because we can't fix the world. Who are we? We're just some guys. Now, it's going to be interesting to see what, how the TV coverage is. I believe these are both going to be on uh, NBC this coming Saturday. And I'm hoping that uh, if they do their job and they do it right, then it's, it's going to be unfortunate. But they are going to have to talk about the elephant in the room and all the things that are going on. And I don't know if anybody would dare bring up or even make it part of the conversation about Bob Baffert's, you know, the recent suspension that he's fighting. And that was, I believe, for a linocaine shot, though it had nothing to do with SGF-1000, which SGF-1000 is the steroid they were, but I believe the other trainer was responsible for using or, or is a, accused of using. And a little bit I've, I've read on that, it's one of those, it's a super drug. If it's administered properly, it is a super drug for healing. But unfortunately, when you use it for more than healing and use it for performance enhancement, these are the types of things that happen. So yeah, I'm curious to see how the media is going to uh, cover that on Saturday. Right. And it's two things, right? Number one, horse racing is a tight-knit group. And within that, there's synthetic drugs that nobody can test for. It's going to take them five years to catch up to it, right? So you got that. Number two, in, in the corporate world, the duck that quacks the loudest gets shot. So my prediction, let's see, right. I doubt NBC is going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. Well, to be fair, NBC has already done an interview with Bob Baffert. Um, I don't remember what day it was, um, but I know it was a Saturday. Um, pretty much, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. It wasn't any hard-hitting questions. Nobody, you know, no gotcha journalist. But I, I, I do think now maybe NBC hide behind I, that. I, uh, they didn't even talk about it. Well, and, well, they did the interview about, and then, but I was, well, he explained himself. I didn't believe the explanation. It seemed a little crazy to me, but um, I do think NBC might be able to hide behind the fact that, oh, we've already kind of covered it. And, you know, um, but just to kind of tell you, you know, in terms of the controversy, I'm just kind of like looking over the racing form and they always have on big races, you know, the, the notes. And this is just the first 10 words. It just says, despite the controversies that constantly swirl around this horse and then they get into it. So before they even get into it about anything, it's the first thing that brought that is brought up with this. Yeah. horse. Um, but, but and that's an overly generalized statement, right? Yeah. Uh, that's why we used to love it. The Raider Jim remembers uh, Howard Cosell telling it like it is, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. So it would be, uh, Telling it like it is will be maximum security. Uh, a horse that some feel is spiked, right? Just make it clear to the view. Because controversy is an overly generalized, broad statement. I have controversy around me. <laughs> it has nothing to do with horse racing. It's overly broad. So uh, that's why you have to do your own reporting, and that's why on this podcast, you get original reporting and you get information that you do not get anywhere else. And, you know, when I was just going right. through and just looking over maximum security, I always kind of like to obviously look at the past performances and what class they were running at, but more importantly, what odds they were getting. 
um, and how they finished. Obviously, when you have a horse that's ran 11 times, nine times, it's one. Um, and even the other time that it didn't, it was a win, but disqualified. Uh, you can have that conversation. But um, I go back to Monmouth uh, in June of last year uh, at the Pegasus. I've never seen this in the form. I would, I would love to know what the payout was. Probably very easy to find. I could just hit that link. But um, the horse came off at 0.05 to 1. Um, which is the lowest I've ever seen by a long shot, literally. Um, obviously didn't win that race, but just going back into terms of this race, I think immediately there needs to be some credence on the horse midcourt. I believe it's the one horse. And the reason I at least say that is Raider Jim brought up um, an earlier race for maximum security was the San Diego Handicap. Maximum security was a, you know, pretty much – two to five favorite and midcourt got uh, almost ran him down. Uh, maximum security only ran only one by a nose. So this is a horse that uh, midcourt knows. Now, while it didn't beat maximum security previously, I think it knows it can, if things maybe go a little differently. So in terms of looking elsewhere, because right now morning line is uh, even money, which is very, very low for a uh, morning line um, at Del Mar. So, I would look elsewhere. Yeah, no, I, I do. Where I'm looking is uh, the one horse. Is it the one? Yeah, the one horse uh, midcourt. Midcourt, right? Higher power, also another good contender out there. Anytime you have Flavian Proud on your horse in a race like this, five hundred thousand dollar race, it's going to have a chance. Uh, that's going to be a shot out there. Now, there's a, the long shot that I would look at on the card is the number three horse, Miranac. Uh, Argentinian horse, 10 to 1. It hasn't run too much this year, but it, it does have uh, a good pedigree. And he has nine starts, eight of those. He's been in the money, four wins, four places. So maybe he can't pull the upset, but will he finish in the money? There's a good chance that he will. And ridden by Tiago Pereira, who's having a, a good, solid middle-of-the-pack year for all the jockeys. So watch the number three horse. Worth a look for a show ticket at the minimum. I'll throw another show out there too. Um, it's actually for me, I, I look at the four horse, Dark Vader, uh, currently 12 to one. Um, is this horse going to win the race? No. Um, it, it's, it's got a very good chance to finish third. Uh, I, I, like I said, I think midcourt um, has a chance to uh, finish first or second, but Dark Vader at 12 to one with Rispoli and uh, Peter Yurton, um, a horse that has ran I mean, it finished third in a grade two at Santa Anita against a, a, a horse McKenzie that we talked about uh, quickly earlier. Um, ran well as an 18 to one shot. Uh, you have Rispoli who's going to get the, the ride. Like I said, do I think this horse is going to win um, this race? No, but as a horse that came off a win in an optional claiming 62,000, a massive, massive jump up in class, but it's got the right trainer. I think Peter Yurton at 20% this uh, meet at Del Mar. And uh, I don't need to say anything else about the uh, jockey. Rispoli. Yeah. I, yeah. We pretty much start every, every uh, race preview about who's Rispoli riding. And that's why you should put money on him, but just keep an eye on Dark Vader. I think the number is going to come down. If you can get Dark Vader at 12 to one, feel good. Um, like I said, I really don't think it's going to be that high. I could be a little off base. Like I said, it is a grade one, um, a horse coming from a six, or an optional claiming up to a grade one. That's why it is 12 to one. But this is also a horse that's raced 
Now grade two, but it raced well in that. So it's not fully, you know, out of its own depth. I think it has a chance to run well. Now it has to probably run its greatest race um, for it to finish second or third, but it's worth $2 to give a look at. I mean, if you really want to put two or, or if you really want to put a ton of money on maximum security, that's the only way you can make money. Um, Dark Vader's a horse that you might want to throw a, you know, $2 on and see if he can have a ride of its life. Right. And going back to your remark about, um, which was the horse that almost, almost beat, almost, almost um, ran mid-court. down maximum security in the mid-court. mid-court. Again, there's one of those interesting, it's just interesting to me. Maximum security goes out, beats the international cream of the crop in Saudi Arabia and struggles to win a G2 in San Diego. It, it's, it just doesn't add up. And you know, we right, also right. even. Right. He might run differently if he's not spiked. Yeah, well, that's yeah. the thing. And he even, we even look at that mid court. Okay, we'll take it a little even deeper. Mid court ran, now it was the Gold Cup. Don't get me wrong, um, at Santa Anita in June. It was a grade one for mid court. That horse was two to one. It finished tw- what, three and a quarter, or no, 23 lengths off the lead at a two to one favorite. Okay, I understand, you know, there are times where, hey, we're not at our best. But if you're a two-to-one favorite, even <laughs> your worst should not be 23 <laughs> lengths off the lead. And this is a horse that pushed a t- th- number three horse. I mean, a horse that – it was funny. I was looking at the earnings for maximum security. And if, if they take that $10 million out, it's, it's only about a, a $2 million horse, which is nothing to sneeze at, but is not an $11 right. million horse, which it, which it is right now. So – but if you this spike it, you make $9 I think million. Is worth. Sorry? If you spike the horse, you make $9 million, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I think, now, personally, can. myself, <laughs> you, you asked earlier, could I, could, would well, you I think it's something? another thing, right? <laughs> well, earlier you asked, like, would you, would you do, like, jail time or probation? If that jail time or probation, whatever I'm doing, it hurts me and nobody else, like, actually, then, right. yeah, I'll do the time. But no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put a horse's life in jeopardy. But yeah, will I maybe do something really stupid to myself for ten million dollars? Yeah, but I'm not gonna do that to another person. Now, obviously, um, we're talking about people that are super successful, and I don't want to bring up how they got that success. But they obviously um, know they, they don't have story. a huge moral compass that maybe I do. Um, and most of us do, but not all of us uh, have billions of dollars. Um, and I think that really messes up your moral compass when you get into that uh, seven, eight, nine figure range. Right. Not totally everybody, right. not everybody, but. Not everybody. I wouldn't right. do it. I got other ways to make money. Now, when I had my restaurant in beautiful Pinellas Park, Florida, I got a catering job in Ocala, Florida at a horse farm. That I was reminded of this horse farm by Brandon first when he talked about, oh, this horse ran at Tampa Bay Downs. Well, this horse farm used to provide horses uh, for Tampa Bay Downs. And the owner of the horse farm was John Gotti. <laughs> well, and I mean, Got I it. hate to say it. I brought, I brought in the food and I took off. <laughs> I didn't stay around. 
it, it does have uh you know i love horse racing but yeah if you do dive deep in if you go deep down that hole you are probably going to land in one of two places unfortunately um but i do well, have Tampa. i will say this california is a lot cleaner and yeah. a lot more people with a moral compass than the state of florida when i lived there anyway well and it's it's a little more um above board if you will um more um, right uh, you know, and look, let's be honest. If Saudi Arabia, the California people is, know what a moral compass is. <laughs> um, but you know, if, if Saudi Arabia um, is, is looking at this horse, um, obviously, look, a part of it is nobody really wants to give ten million dollars to a per or to a horse or an athlete or whatever that doesn't deserve it or cheated its way. Um, but you Correct. can tell so people look at it differently, though. There's two sides of it. Some people are: if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Yeah, definitely, one hundred percent. But um, now we're also in a in a situation where we're almost. This is kind of like the little league analogy for me. Um, now look what the Astros did; they knew what they were doing. They cheated. Now we go to like you know um, the the Jackie Robinson little league team that uh, got all the way to the little league World Series, and about three months later, it was found out that there was you know falsifying birth certificates. The kids yeah, but all those Taiwanese kids have always been like 14 years old, right? Yeah, and then, but just in terms – yeah. But – so it's just – it's a situation, hopefully, if you are going to cheat and do those things, it, it's only you that you're affected, hopefully. I mean, you shouldn't cheat at all. Right. But if you are going to do it, you do it to where the only person that's affected um, in any way, even if it's positive, I mean, in any way that's affected – uh, it needs to be yourself. And, you know, like I said, if, if you're the person that's going to go out and do something stupid um, and make a ton of money um, and it doesn't affect anybody else, hey, you know what? That's your God-given right. Um, do it, but don't don't put other people or animals in this situation that look, right. th that, that horse could have died. The horse could have had a heart attack on the course. Um, and the, the narrative is a whole lot different other than what we're talking about right now. But, yeah, it also gives a it, it gets it puts North American horse racing under the microscope too, because the North American horses went out there and they were just doing they ran great guns out there. I think there were four entries of the fourteen, and that's not enough to make uh, what's going on with maximum security is not enough to make them say we're not going to invite anybody from North America because they'd lose too much revenue. But at the same time, are they going to scrutinize that much harder now because of it? And now they have oh, no. 40 years, right? Or the whole time I've been alive. You Say know, that again? That, that, uh, the guys that get busted is similar to society, right? The big, high-level drug dealers never get busted. It's the people on the bottom. And I guess the guy now facing right. time is the guy at the bottom. Taking the fall guy. Exactly. That's right. how you know, society is. It's, it's very rare that the head of the snake actually gets cut off. A lot of it's just the eventually there's, too bad. there's plenty of uh, scapegoats and plenty of corporations for that exact but you guys, let me ask you this do you have to factor that in as you uh make your pronunciation and your handicap 100 percent, you have to but i don't think it's the end-all be-all myself i don't think it's the end-all be-all there is an end-all be-all but i don't know i don't know i'll ask you guys you guys are the ones who well, I think it is, is is maximum security a 12 million dollar horse not spiked probably not is maximum security right. a really 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 good horse not spiked you bet your ass it is 
but it's on another level, you know, and, and it's kind of like, you know, with steroids, at least in terms of like, you know, baseball, look, Barry Bonds, yes, he did steroids. That doesn't mean he was a 220 hitter. You know, we're, we're in a situation, it just gets you over that top. And obviously, look, maximum security um, wouldn't be an even money favorite heading into the Pacific Classic. If, and all this is hearsay, you know, who knows? This could be some big thing. I what, don't think it is. Testing, I don't think it's a cover-up. What's the testing procedures at the Pacific Classic? Well, it's the, you know, pee in a cup and, you know, blood, all, the, all of the above. It's probably yeah. a little more stringent than Saudi Arabia and maybe a little more clean than Saudi Arabia, but that's kind of my point that if, you know, you're getting nicked up in uh, Saudi Arabia for this stuff, you better clean up your act. And I think we kind of saw that grade two where it was like, Hey, you should have easily won that race. And that, that uh, mid court, mid court almost ran you down. So, but very, very. Yeah, I, and I, I, yeah. And it's just really hard to look at the horse going in at even money right now. And why have your speeds dropped so much, but you're still such a high favorite? Right. And again, good caliber horse, like Brandon said, you bet your ass. But why? Is it because they haven't brought in uh, the cream of the crop? Are they, are they giving him the best test out there? And I think midcourt is definitely uh, going to test him. But uh, you look at the past, the history of some of the ones that are going to be on the track, and you kind of wonder, again, how did they round out such a small field Look at the Kentucky Derby. There's 20 horses. You win the Kentucky Derby, you've done something. That's how Calvin Burrell uh, won the Derby a few years back on a 30-to-something shot. That, you know, there were favorites out there, but anybody's going to win that one, and that was a different race back then. Uh, this has just got, uh, it's just got too many question marks on it. I agree. And it's going to be very, very interesting um, this weekend. Do feel free to uh, join us. It's going to be, uh, I'll be here live streaming up until the bell rings on the Pacific uh, Classic. It is my mom's birthday, but I convinced her to uh, start her birthday dinner oh. a little later. Whoa. So uh, I told her, I was like, hey, the, the, the race goes off at 640. So, and she's a good sport. So, you know, all the, all the dining's outdoor here in San Diego anyway. So you got to. <laughs> You got to wait till it's only like 90 degrees outside. You can't go sit out uh, at five o'clock in the afternoon anymore uh, and enjoy a, 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 a nice beer or you got to chug it or else it's lukewarm. But I'm really excited for the weekend, um, especially all the, you know, Saturday. Oh, yeah. four, four of the 11 races are big time races. Uh, the best horses of the year are showing up this weekend. I'm really excited. Raider Jim, final thoughts um, as we get ready to dive into um, really the biggest weekend of Del Mar. Yeah, don't blink because you're going to miss it on some of these races. They're going to run hard. They're going to run fast. And regardless of the controversies that are surrounding maximum security, definitely worth a watch. Uh, we'll end up in the Kentucky Derby, no doubt. But then we'll find out what it's like to be on the track with the best of the best because I'm going to stay right up until the start and finish of the Derby. Tis the law is the horse to beat. That horse is just another like another league. And again, anybody who hasn't seen the Saudi Cup race from February, pull it up on YouTube. You can see it start to finish. And I'd be surprised if you didn't scratch your head if you watched the way Maximum Security shifts gears and pulls away the way he does in such a short distance. And then came back and struggled in 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 a, in a uh, race that should have absolutely dominated. And I, I I'm I'm Correct. so grateful you did bring that up because. 
obviously the last 10 minutes has been not the great. I mean, it's part of horse racing. Believe me, there's uh, it's there. It's obvious. It's not ideal, but it has to be talked about. Um, but I am glad that you brought up that. Look at the end when that bell rings, all the controversy, at least for that three minutes or two minutes, it's going to go out the window. It's about that horse and seeing if that horse can, I mean, I think Baffert probably is looking going, God, I kind of need my horse to win by about seven or eight lengths, or I'm going to have some questions to answer. Um, Cause if we're already asking these questions and now we're going to a grade one that, like you said, with a small field on the Pacific classic, this is $500,000 to the winner guaranteed. And there's only six horses that feel a like small field and a world. Right. And, and our coast to coast audience because of the TV coverage coast to coast, coast and then some. Yes. Oh, big time. This is going it's to be a nice setup. It's a nice setup, you know, it's perfect. You know, can't blame him. He's putting, yeah. he's putting the business in the best position to make the most amount of money. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for listening to the ESBC weekly Del Mar show call to post. Thank you, Raider Jim. Thank you, Josh, for uh, being here. My pleasure. And uh, we will talk to you on Saturday. And then obviously next week we'll be here to wrap all of it up. Thank you all so much for listening. Once again, my name is Brandon First, a.k.a. First Report, representing the ESBC podcast network. Thank you for listening. Now go wash your hands and stop hating. Take care. Peace out. I'm the best there is.